coach and I am with another special guest this week. We are excited. As you know, my co-host Jared is out on paternity leave and yes, we are still waiting on baby Burgess. But while we wait, we are not going to stop. You all know how we do on this podcast. So we keep the train rolling. So today we have another guest co-host with us. I'm extremely excited for her to be here because it was so funny. So you all know I'm going to share the story of how we even know each other. (laughs) So Ainsley's dad came to uh, help me out at my house. You all know I moved to Florida and so some things needed to be replaced and he came and he brought me a new dishwasher. Yay! And um, he heard me having a conversation about sports with someone on the phone, I think. And when I got off, he and I had a really good conversation and he's so proud of his baby. And he started talking about her and I was excited because I was listening to him and his excitement, but also what she's done, which is amazing to be so young and um so he he brought her number back we connected and yeah so here we are and I'm excited to introduce you all to Ainsley Lee how are you I'm doing really well yeah I mean hearing like I told you when we met the other week uh my dad is constantly saying, hey, I met this new person. I'm just like, dad, yeah. like, I don't care that you like replaced a sink in my second grade teacher's house. <laughs> but this one I was super interested in. Um, so it's kind of funny how uh, God works in those type of ways. Right. And, Absolutely. and um, so, yeah, no, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to properly introduce you by reading your bio and then we'll get into questions. Is that OK? Absolutely. Awesome. All right, so Ainsley joined the Gainesville Sun in 2021 as a high school sports reporter. Y'all heard that, right? Covering sports in the Gainesville, uh, I can't see what that says, Gainesville, uh, what is that? I can't say that. Tell me that word. Alachua County. Alachua County, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm horrible with names, so... (laughs) Anybody Florida doesn't make it easy podcast either. Know that I'm horrible with names. Alachua County um, area. Uh, locally, she previously held roles with the Ocala Star Banner and the Ocala Gazette. Ainsley has also done work con- covering Florida Gators athletics for ESPN, Gainesville, and Sports Illustrated, as well as bowl game coverage for the Alabama Crimson Tide in the 2019 Citrus Bowl for FCS Sports. A Florida native, Ainsley graduated from the University of Florida in 2020 with a degree in journalism and communication with a specialization in sports media. So you all help me welcome Ainsley Lee to the show. (laughs) Super excited that you are here. So 
the way that we do this typically is we have someone new on because we have some people who I tell them once you've been on once you can get your own Kool-Aid so if you ever come back it's all on you none of this like none of what we're about to do but since you're new to our feel-good family I want to um let you kind of give everybody a little snapshot other than what I just read about you so let's start out by what do you love most about your current job? Yeah, so, um, you know, Gainesville and Elantra County is a market that I have a lot of affinity for. Um, you know, it doesn't um, match my love for, for the Ocala area where I was born and raised and, um, you know, covering a lot of the schools that I played uh, against as an athlete and things like that. Um, but Gainesville is a really nutrient dense place in terms of athletic talent at the high school level. Um, you know, we all, uh, you know, whenever I covered the Gators, we always talked about how often the backyard was overlooked in terms of, um, you know, mm -hmm. talent and, and these high school kids who um, really go on and excel at that next level. Um, so, I mean, I, I love being able to be a storyteller at the high school level. A lot of stories go untold um, because there, there's not a, uh, you know, a, High, high school sports are overlooked, um, but it, when you when you hear Tom Rinaldi's voice on ESPN, or I guess he's with Fox now, I, I yeah. don't know, I don't keep up with it, but when you hear his voice and you know, oh, this is about to be a really good story, he typically starts where these athletes were in high school, and, exactly. and so I feel like covering high school sports gives me an opportunity to um, undel or delve into those stories before they they make it to the big screen. And yeah. so that's why high school sports coverage is, is so important is because there's great stories um, with the, these high schoolers. And um, so being able to have the access to that and, and work hard and really just uh, get to know these kids before they go on and, you know, yeah. spend their playing career and being, being able to talk to them through the recruiting process and things like yeah. that is super interesting. Um, so for me, it, it's a privilege to cover these kids and here in Gainesville, um, it, it's super special because, like I said, there's there's a lot of really talented kids. There's a lot of really talented programs, historic programs. Being right outside the University of Florida is super cool. Um, <laughs> so, so lots of lots to love about what I'm doing right now. I love it. I love to hear the passion that you have for it too. Like it's genuine. Like it's not just oh, I'm covering stories, blah blah blah. No, you like genuinely have a passion for not just the, the story, but the kid. And I love that. So awesome. Um, so who or what has been your favorite assignment that you've had so far? Yeah. So this is a, this is a tough question. Um, <laughs> so I, I, you know, covering Florida football, obviously is super cool. It's a large market. It gets a lot of attention. Um, but people are always shocked when I tell them that I really enjoy covering Florida softball more than I like covering the the, the football team. Um, you know, you know, Florida softball is um, for those who aren't aware. I mean, they they compete for a national title. It seems like every year they're always in that in contention for a national title. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and we say there's death taxes and Florida softball making it the Women's College World Series. Um, and what Tim Walton does with that program is incredible. Um, but one of my favorite things about covering them, that's been my beat for a couple of years. I look forward to it every spring um, is, you know, I, I think I told you this the other week when we met, you know, these football players are often over groomed for the media. They're very vanilla and just give, you know, black and white answers. Yeah. Um, but, but these girls on the other hand, because they don't get that coverage, uh, I shouldn't call them girls. These women, on the other hand, um, you know, because they don't get that coverage and so they're not as groomed by 
um, you know, the, the athletic department to say the right things. They're very <laughs> genuine and they're a lot of fun. Um, you know, they, they do a great job in, I guess, being politically correct, but you still get a lot of their personality and things like yeah. that. Um, so covering them every spring is a lot of fun. Um, Nick Saban is obviously covering him a couple of years ago was tough to beat. It's very intimidating for me. I was still in college, um, you know, and I remember watching him kind of uh, rip into a reporter who was talking about his player's draft stock. And, and, you know, I remember him looking at this guy saying, well, you don't get a pick in the NFL draft. And I, I remember just kind of feeling my shoulders kind of just, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, covering, covering the joint press conference between him and Jim Harbaugh at Michigan was a lot of fun because uh, we're familiar with those two relationships. They don't care for each other much. No. Um, <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, it was a, it was a humbling experience, um, but one that I, I certainly uh, <laughs> look back on with a, with a lot of uh, admiration because um, it, it was, it was a big learning curve for me. Um, you know, I got to be in, a, in the same room as a lot of the you know, the big reporters, uh, you know, from ESPN, Marty Smith was there, um, you know, yeah. people that I've looked up to for a really, really long time. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so it's tough to kind of, th- those two are, are tough to choose between because they're so different um, yeah. in their respective ways. So. No, I get it. I get it. I, I, you know, honestly, I expected you to say, I can't say, I don't know. I love it all. Like that's <laughs> honestly what I thought you'd say. So the fact that you can even narrow it down to these two things is amazing. So we're good. Two things is good. Sure. <laughs> so anything else that's, that's special that's happening just that you want to share i mean we're staying really busy um you know uh, here in gainesville we officially cover about 24 high schools um and right now i'm the only reporter we're kind of going through a transition um with our sports editor we brought a new sports editor on this week um so we've got 24 schools we've got two boys or we've got you know we're covering boys basketball girls basketball boys soccer girls soccer right now in the winter season um so 24 times four you're looking at about 100 teams give or take (laughs) that all fall under my umbrella um so it's it's been a lot um but it's been a lot of fun and there's learning curves that come with all of it I wasn't a big soccer person and I'm having to become a big soccer person yeah I've sat out in the cold a lot this season uh, especially the last couple of weeks yeah, because it's seasonally warm, right? <laughs> right, um, mm-hmm. right. Um, so just it's just staying really, really busy. Um, you know, enjoying you know my couple days off, my couple evenings off to go and catch some of uh, Florida's basketball um, games. They're not doing too hot right now. However, the women's team, for the first time in many years, is doing really, really well. Uh, so we take what we can get. Hey, um, so so just just staying busy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yes. Good. That's awesome. Okay. So nothing else special, like any, anything you're working on, working on that you want to share. If you don't, it's fine. I just want to make sure you have the opportunity. And if not, then I, here's what I would like for you to do. Take this time because I love for people to be able to connect. This is not just a podcast. This is also an opportunity for networking, right? Um, and I know you have some, I didn't put this on the questions. I know you have some future aspirations for some things that you are uh, want to do. So please, please, please give, give people the opportunity if you want to share, um, to, to reach out to you. So give your social media or however people can reach out to you. Yeah, so aside from you know my day-to-day coverage um, here with the high schools, um, I haven't even told my family this, but I just, I just uh, submitted my application for grad school here at UF. Um, 
So we've got that going. Um, you know, you and I kind of talked about kind of go on the um, athlete development route, you know, um, you know, players, personnel and things like that. Yeah. Um, player development uh, is something I've recently had an interest in. Um, so we'll kind of see what happens uh, there. But um, I am always, um, you know, able to be reached on Twitter, um, which is Ainsley's. That's spelled A-I-N-S-L-I-E. And so it's Ainsley's, plural, um, two bits, playing ode to Mr. Two Bits here at the University of Florida. Um, and, and you can find all of my other information, my email, things like that in my Twitter bio there. Um, it's definitely where I'm most active. Um, and then obviously you can read me pretty often in the Gainesville Sun, so. Yes. All right. Awesome. Thank you for that. All right. So let's get started. Our first segment is obviously always our Who's Really Right. And this is our segment where typically Jared and I are on opposite sides of an issue and we let the people decide who's really right. Um, luckily, we're in the middle of the NFL playoffs, so it makes it a little easier. And let me just say, <laughs> last week, I went 6-0. and mm-hmm. um, And uh, so uh, shout out to Coach Allen, who was my special guest last week. Um, I think she went 3-3. Three and three. And uh, so she's already texted me and said she's got to be back on so she can redeem herself. It's fine. But I'll tell you, like I told her last week, typically uh, we've been doing this show and we've probably done about 135, 140 episodes together. And it's probably 100 to 40 my way. So (laughs) I'm going to say we're going to have fun today with our Who's Really Right, because we're going to stay in the same vein that we were last week. And so last week was wild card picks this week we are into the playoffs so so we're gonna start our first one is the Bengals versus the titans who you got yeah so i I want to preface in saying that uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm a jacksonville jaguars fan so just take everything with a grain of salt maybe i don't know what to tell you Uh, but no, when I, when I look at this Bengals and Titans matchup, uh, I think the return of Derrick Henry is going to be huge. Um, it's going to really help Tennessee, I think, sustain some drives and, and keep um, Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense off the field. Um, obviously, you look at what Joe Burrow and, um, you know, they can do. <laughs> it's a pretty impressive. They've got one of the more explosive offenses um, in, in, in the league, I believe. Um, yeah. But, you know, I just think that Derrick Henry is really going to come back and, and alter the trajectory of this game. And so I think I'm going to take Tennessee at home. Um, so that, that's that was my thought process on it. All right. Well, here's my hope is that Derrick Henry comes back and he's Derrick Henry. Like, so let me just start there. Um, and anybody who listens to or watches the show knows that Jared has kind of a bromance with Ryan Tannehill for some reason. <laughs> Not quite sure what that's about, but uh, um, my and and you know Tennessee has one of my absolute favorite players because he used to be a Falcon and that was Leo Jones. Um, but I'm just not I'm 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 not going to go against Joe Burrow. I don't know what it is about this kid that he just. Um, I said this last week. Um, 
we often on here talk about LeBron as like he picks up the mop bucket and just everything and brings it with him when he's like, I'm gonna put the team on my back. Let's go. Like that. And I feel that in Joe Burrow, like he's this LeBronish type football player. Like it's something about this kid. I can't explain what it is. So I'm gonna go Bengals. Yeah, so- I mean, I think I I think that um comparison between Joe Burrow and LeBron. Um, I think is re- is a really good comparison, especially if you look at Cleveland LeBron. I think yeah. there's a piece of um, Joe Burrow because he is in Cincinnati. He is in North Ohio, um, mm-hmm. you know, where he's from, an area that he's right. from. Right. I think he really does. He takes a lot of pride in what he's doing right now and wants yeah. nothing more than to see and kind of put on for his city a little bit. Yeah, um, that's it. It's a put on for the city. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I do think that drive is there. And, and obviously, you know, having Jamar Chase there, uh, what those two do is incredible. Um, but like I said, I, I just, I think having Derrick Henry back is going to really be be big for Tennessee and just kind of sustaining and, you know, having long drives and keeping yeah. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase off the field. Off the field. That, that, that would be the, that would be the only chance they have in my I opinion. I agree. Yeah. All right. Next one, 49ers and Packers. Um, so you know, I, I've always been kind of, I've always had this thing for Aaron Rodgers. Um, oh, I got a man crush on him. Like nobody. <laughs> I love Aaron Rodgers. See, I would marry Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so I, I really wanted to see <laughs> Dak Prescott and the Cowboys go, go to the Super Bowl, but obviously such is our luck now. So now I, I'm going to kind of hop on um, the Green Bay Packers train. Um, obviously they're playing in Lambeau. Um, yeah. But really what I, you know, when I look at this, you know, San Francisco's defense is pretty banged up right now. Um, is Nick Bosa going to be bad? We don't know. It's oh, yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if Bosa is back um, and, and he can really get after Aaron, um, you know, we know when Aaron's forced to flush out of the pocket, it's not great. No. Um, so, but like I said, I just, I think, um, that, that San Francisco defense is pretty banged up right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it's unfortunate because you hate to see those kind of injuries really alter um, the path yeah. of the playoffs when, you know, yes. when we get to this point in the season. But yes. um, that's football. That's playoff football. And yeah. um, everybody's so, banged up, honestly, but yeah. some more than others at this point. It, exactly. So I, I think those um, defensive injuries are really going to bite San Francisco in the rear. Okay. Well, we agree on this one because, first of all, I love Aaron Rodgers, I'm just saying, but um, also because I feel like they're going to Lambeau. We already know it's winter. <laughs> you all, you San Francisco guys going, to, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be cold, probably snowy, no telling. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. And Aaron Rodgers, I think he has something to prove, honestly. Yeah. He's got something to prove. Um, he's had a lot of self-inflicted wounds this this past year or so and so he's he I feel like he's more locked in than I've seen him in a minute right now and so I I just I just gotta go with them I feel like the Packers are gonna do this um this next game my god I have no idea (laughs) it's the Rams versus the Bucks yeah um no, I, I definitely struggle with this one too. Um, <laughs> I, I, a lot of my family are, are Bucks fans, so they're not going to like this, but I'm going to take LA here um, simply because again, I think you look at the injuries, you start weighing these injuries. Uh, Tampa Bay's offensive line 
is really banged up. I mean, they've, I think they've got, you know, they've got two starters that could be out. Tristan Wirfs is out. Uh, well, tr- he's not out, but he's, you know, he's, he's pretty, well, he's he's banged up. So you're, um, right. you know, uh, Jensen finished the game last week, but really didn't look great. Mm-hmm. And they've got another second string guy that's banged up in there too. Um, you know, so, and I think, you know, they're LA is going to be able to get after Tom Brady if they want to. Um, whereas on the other side of the football, you look at um, what Tampa Bay really likes to do in blitz. Um, Matt Stafford isn't bad against the blitz um, at all. He's probably well, he's so used to being not protected in Detroit. Detroit, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's yeah. one of the better performers in the league when um, yeah. you know he's he's forced to kind of uh, move around and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I think uh, Tampa Bay will have to kind of alter its defensive game plan a little bit because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And you know what's typically a strength of theirs in being right. able to really get after the quarterback and kind of live in the backfield a little bit. I don't think they're going to want to do that um, against the Rams. Um, plus, you know, as a Gator, I've got to plug my guy, Van Jefferson. I uh, okay. had a big game last week. Yeah. Um, so great guy. One of my favorite Gators I got to cover. Um, yeah. So looking forward to, like I said, really looking forward to this matchup, but I'm going to say yeah. here. Okay. So I'm torn because I have so much faith in Matthew Stafford, OBJ, like this he is loaded like mm-hmm. Cooper Cup. They they got it covered over there. But I'm sorry, I can't I I just cannot <laughs> bet against Tom Brady because it's some voodoo that he do. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care what's happening, he figures out a way to make it work. As much as I'm not like this huge Tom Brady fan. I can't bet against the guy. I just, I can't. I just, I can't. I don't know why. It makes no logical sense. Everything you just said was so logical and it made so much sense. And then you put in the one factor, Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly fair. I mean, <laughs> I think he's probably played in, what, more divisional rounds than I think anybody. I mean, he's he's right, got yeah. probably some people who are just playing rookies that he's been in the league playing in the playoff games longer yeah. than they've been alive. So it's like, yeah, I mean, he, he, we say we say it in journalism that, you know, he's probably forgotten more football than these guys have played. You know, some of these guys have played. So it's real. So. Yeah, I, I'm not going. I'm not going to bet against him. And about, about their defense, the one thing I will say is they have Todd Bowles is amazing. So he will figure it out. Right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. With whatever personnel he has on the field, he will figure it out. He is a chess genius when it comes to you know. He's not somebody who's like this is my defense. This is where we're running. We're gonna keep trying. He will figure it out. So I I, I have faith in him, but. The two TBs on the team, Tom Bowles and Tom Brady. Absolutely. Okay. Um, lastly, this is not an easy one either. The Bills versus the Chiefs. Yeah, I had a harder time with this one, I think, than, than LA Tampa Bay. Um, and, and I think this is one of those games where uh, no pressure to the fellas I'm about to name, but it's going to come down to one matchup, and that's going to be Tyreek Hill and Taron Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, Taron Johnson is kind of, he really struggled last season. Um, but I mean, I think this year he's really graded as one of the better um, yes. slot defenders in the league. Um, and obviously you're going against one of the better slot receivers. 
yeah in, in, in the league um so i really don't know who's gonna win that battle uh, <laughs> I, but like i said i think it's gonna have se- severe implications on who wins this game um however aside from that when i look at really how kansas city struggled earlier in the season um and just kind of how porous that defense of theirs is mm-hmm. and how hot-handed josh allen has been i think i have to give the edge to the bills um so like i said i i think that matchup um there between tyree kill and taron johnson is gonna be huge um but uh you know away from that um josh allen was obviously really really good last week yeah um so i'm gonna didn't even yeah yeah i'm with you um i can't go against patrick i don't know what it is (laughs) well here's the thing so this is, I'm, this is probably my bias. It's not about Patrick Mahomes. It's really about Travis Kelsey because he's somebody else I would marry. Um, but no, in, all joking aside, I feel like you're right. They might, those two, the matchup you just talked about, Tyreek Hill and, and Johnson, but I think they're going to maybe cancel each other out, right? And take but away. Then, yeah. You still got Nicole Hardman. You've got Travis Kelsey. So he's, st- and, and for me, I think what was missing in the beginning of the season in which I feel like they've kind of come to a place of fixing it, which they needed all along, I think. They, they were lucky to be as successful as they were in years past, but their run game has finally kind of picked up in the last few weeks. And I feel like, if that can be, if Williams can be effective, um, I hate that, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. The uh, LSU kid, he's out. Um, but um, if Williams and they've got another running back that have really just been picking up the pace lately, if that can happen, then you've kind of spread out the defense anyway. <laughs> you've given them a whole new look. And now they've got, because they don't just have to concentrate on receivers and tight ends. Now you got to think about all of these other pieces. So right. if that, if that, if their run game, if the Chiefs can have their a run game that is consistent in this game, I feel like that is where they will win. If Dallas had had a consistent run game, mm-hmm. they would have won. So I feel like that is the piece. So for, for a recap, you picked Titans. I picked the Bengals. <clears throat> we both picked the Packers. You picked the Rams. I picked the Bucks. You picked the Bills. I picked the Chiefs. Yep. So we only have one alike. So we'll see who's All right. really right. Y'all let us know who you think, because you got to let us know before the games start on Saturday. So you let us know who's really right. It is time for our segment, and it's got a new name, y'all. Jared, thank you, bro, for this. It's called The Real Good Topics. So we're about to talk about the real good topics today. Um, So the first one, Dallas Cowboys have the longest streak of not making it to the conference finals. Will Mike McCarthy keep his job? Yeah, um, you know, in short, I think so. Uh, I think there's a lot of loyalty within the Dallas Cowboys organization. Seems like Jerry Jones likes them. Uh, I think Mike McCarthy likes being there. 
Um, and however, I will say that, um, you know, as a, as a Florida Gator fan, I've kind of learned this season that loyalty is admirable as a trade as it is, doesn't always work out. We saw that with kind of Dan Mullen and his coaching staff. Um, so I, you know, it might come back and nip him in the rear. Um, you know, there's a couple things we do know about Mike McCarthy. And, um, you know, I think the biggest one is, his game management is awful. <laughs> we saw that last week with a quarterback draw with 14 yeah. seconds to go weeks before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, especially you look at that game and, um, I think I had, I had to hear that. Yeah. I don't have the numbers, but CD lamb was only target. Oh, I do. He was only targeted five times. It felt like it was two. Oh, it was yeah. five. Okay. Like it was, it was five, but I think he had two receptions. Yeah. But he was he was only targeted okay. five times okay. mm-hmm. against a really less than stellar San Francisco secondary. Um, it's not like you're playing anybody who who really takes away the pass game. San yeah, San Francisco <laughs> doesn't doesn't do that. Right. Um, so you know, I empathize with Cowboy fans. I would be equally as frustrated. Um, you know, I will say maybe. Um, they get rid of them just to, you know, I think there's a lot of Dallas fans would rather have Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore lead the team. Um, you know, obviously they're interviewing for head coaching jobs all around the league, um, yeah. the, the two of them. So, um, like I said, I, I don't foresee him um, losing his job. You know, reports came out that, you know, they had very positive, uh, they had a very positive meeting, McCarthy and Jerry Jones did. Um, McCarthy's a charmer. I don't know if, you, if people remember whenever he was hired, he was like, yeah, I watched all the film. And then later he's like, yeah, no, I just told I Jerry that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just told Jerry that. Um, so, wow. uh, you know, he's a, it's an interesting situation for sure. Like I said, I think if I were a diehard um, Dallas fan, um, I would probably lean more towards wanting um, Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn to lead the team, but I just don't see that happening. So. Yeah. So Anybody who watches or listens knows how I feel about the Cowboys. <clears throat> they are the Cowgirls to me. And um, I am definitely not of the belief that Jerry Jones is <laughs> going to stay loyal to, to anybody but himself. And so I look at this as he... If he's not in his emotions, he keeps, if Jerry Jones isn't in his emotions about this, he keeps his job. If Jerry Jones is in his emotions, because this is as close as they've been in a minute to being actually being into the playoffs, right? And so <clears throat> if he's not in his emotions about this, then Mike McCarthy keeps his job. If he is, and it won't be Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn is going to take another job. Um, so that... <laughs> That pipe dream can go down the drain. They can forget that one. Um, but I would love to see them actually give like someone like Eric Bieniemy a, a shot. This man deserves to be a head coach somewhere. And I just don't know what keeps happening. I, I don't know if he's a horrible interview. I don't know what it is. But Eric Bieniemy deserves a job as a head coach somewhere. I, it's a bunch of them. Todd Bowles, I feel like he deserves another shot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So there, I mean, you know, there are a few others that I can think of that, you know, obviously could could float right in there and be in there. But I I really don't know if he can be comfortable until <laughs> until he sees the ink dry for next season. 
yeah, and I think I mean I think that's something we see a lot in sports. Period. Um, you know, there's as positive as the conversation you had maybe three days ago doesn't secure your spot. No. Um, and, and I mean, you know, Dallas likes to call itself America's team for a reason. They've got a bunch of really really loyal fans. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Jerry Jones, like Jerry Jones, knows that. And yeah. um, you know, I think as any owner wants to, he he wants to give his fans the best experience they can. And right now, Dallas just isn't getting that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, uh, that's probably one of the more talented rosters in the league. I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big Dak Prescott fan, admittedly. Um, you know, I, you know, you lose Amari Cooper for what, three weeks of COVID this year. That's a tough break. Right. Um, you know, you've got Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield and you're not utilizing him the right way, in my opinion. Um, so I, I don't know, like I said, I, I totally empathize with the frustrations of Dallas fans, um, <laughs> But I just I don't know if that move is going to be made this season. Yeah, um, they should. I, in my if they, if they if this question were, do I think they should fire him? I would say yes because you have shown yourself time and time again up till this point not to be. It's almost like why would you do what you did before? You gave Jason Garrett time after time after time after time, and he was showing you he was not prepared to take them where they needed to go. And I know Mike McCarthy, but he also had Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> let's 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 be clear. You came from Green Bay where you had Aaron Rodgers. Not that Dak Prescott is, but he's still learning. He's still new at this, right? So you he needs a coach whose whose mindset is of the that can take them where they need to go. It's not the talent on the field, it's the coaching that's lacking. And that's what's obvious right now. And so in my opinion, that's why if I were asking the question, if I think Mike McCarthy hit the bricks, sir, because I feel like <laughs> you're just not, you're not equipped. I don't know what it is because I mean, you, you got Dan Quinn, you've got Kellen Moore. What are you doing that is so horrible on your side? <laughs> you're the head coach. So that's the only thing. So yeah, anyway, Dallas, y'all do what you do. I don't care. <laughs> Ainsley might care. I don't care. So. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it's no skin off my rear. So like I said, at the end of the day, I'm a Jacksonville fan, so nothing matters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's talk about another team. This is the weirdest story. I, Jared, thank you for bringing this to me. And so I'm going to tell you all exactly how I put it in the notes, because this is the only thing I could think about. It's called the sexification of the bills. <laughs> because apparently... Allegedly, this is not proven, but allegedly, the Bills players are taking Viagra prior to games that they play in cold weather in order to uh, give themselves give themselves an, an advantage with not having the cold affect them as much. Now, my head went all kinds of places with this, so I was like, "Why?" But anyway. Um, that's only one part of this. So uh, the reason this is the sexification is because not only are they probably or allegedly taking Viagra when, the, when they're playing in single digits, that's what it is. When they play in single digits, they take <laughs> Viagra. But there's a tradition in Buffalo that when they play the Patriots, they throw... <laughs> Sex toys on the feet. 
I would love to talk to somebody within Buffalo to find out what is all this about? What do you think about this, Ainsley? I think it's crazy. Yeah, so both of these oddities were news to me. Um, you know, whenever I kind of looked at the production notes, I was like, what is this lady talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but I mean, I will say like the, the, the Viagra thing, as strange as it sounds, um, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, in, in biologically know, what it does. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of, you know, um, the increased blood flow and, and you know just helps with circulation to keep Correct. I mean, it, it, it resurfaced obviously um because josh allen says that you know his feet get cold <laughs> in the cold weathers and, and so that affects you know that affects his uh play and that he doesn't Correct. like cold weather well well my man you're playing in buffalo you better <laughs> say you you're in buffalo you play in the nfl you played in college like you have to be, you know, they have to be like the postman. Rain, sleet, snow. It doesn't right. matter. You've got to deliver. So, right. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess like scientifically, that makes sense. You know, them using that, it's strange. I doubt the FDA would give their stamp of approval on it. Um, but uh, I'm not surprised that it's done, that it's been done before, and that they do it. Um, but, but the fact that it just goes hand in hand with kind of this tradition of throwing sex toys on the field when when the Bills host the Patriots, um, it, it just makes sense because of this whole Bills mafia thing. I mean, that's. I, I mean, if there's any team or if there's any team in the league that's going to do it, I mean, it's going to be Buffalo. Yeah, uh, I you love know the mafia too because they do great things in the community. They do awesome things for right. players. It's just a man, but this was a little. Yeah. It, it like truth admittedly i'm not the biggest nfl fan follower you know i much prefer college football mm -hmm. and you know these type of things you know i've been in many a student sections these type of things are very uh it's college-esque and so like i have an appreciation for that i mean they have fun they keep it interesting God. um you know yeah. jumping through tables and you know dousing somebody with ketchup and mustard like i i mean it's the bills the bills are strange yeah um, so it's it's no surprise that uh <laughs> it's a different breed um does these kind of things but uh, it's it's certainly strange. So. Yeah, the choices the choices are the one are the things that are strange about this. For me. Right, sex toys of all things, why sex toys? But it's okay because he said they actually saw sex toys on the field after the game. On okay, great. Well, I hope whoever picked them up enjoys. So yeah. So now on to this next story with um. Odell Beckham Jr.'s performance in LA. First of all, last week, the catches were, woo! Oh my God. Like, that looked like Odell Beckham Jr. from New York. Like, I was like, yes, he's back, that kind of thing. But does this mean that we need to play some onus um, on the on Cleveland for not getting the most out of him when he was there? Is this a is this a Baker Mayfield issue or is this a, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I don't think this place is an onus on Cleveland. However, I do think it's a very bad look for Baker Mayfield. Um, and and I don't, I'm not a Baker Mayfield hater by any means. <laughs> I mean, I, I think he's, uh, I, I think he'll have success in, in this league. Um, you know, his commercials make me laugh. So I've yeah. got an appreciation <laughs> for him. Um, I, you know, he, he hasn't done anything to me. However, 
yeah, no, this is a black eye for, for Baker Mayfield. I think you look at Cleveland's roster. Um, they're not bad up front. Um, they don't have a joke for a, for a coach. Um, you know, they've, they're obviously, they're in the middle of turning this, the ship around. They're riding the ship a little bit. Um, they to the, yeah, last year they almost, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they, they've got a pretty stout offensive line. Um, simply put, they're like, they're, they're not a bad ball club by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look at the kind of production OBJ has had with the Rams and you compare that to the lack of production and the lack of, you know, you know, he just really wasn't efficient and wasn't, um, there, there, there was obvious problems, but like I said, when you look at, um, Cleveland's organization or yeah, Cleveland's organization as a whole, that team, the roster, the coaching staff as a whole, I don't think this falls square or falls on their shoulders as much as it does on the shoulders of Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And I feel like I feel the same. I feel like it's not necessarily a Cleveland issue. It's a Baker Mayfield. And more specifically, I think it's a a chemistry issue. Mm -hmm. Like when you just as a as that is one of the things that has made Tom Brady, Tom Brady is he has made an effort to to bond and form real rapport with those with those people that he has to work as close with that's why he and Gronk have the relationship that's why he had the relationship he had with AB even though AB didn't spend a lot of time with the Patriots that is Tom Brady Tom Brady is going to make that effort to see that relationship form and I think Baker Mayfield just never that's a that's a quality of a good good quarterback and a good leader right and so I just don't know that that's something he's really um put any effort into it's let me just go out here and play with who's on the field and do what I do versus let me form relationships with these people and I know it's tough because with any professional sport at any moment you can be gone so forming those relationships is is not an easy task and everybody does not have that ability right and it just may be that that's it for him. Like I look at a Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a very introverted dude. Yes. Like he's he I, he's kind of scary to me, even how introverted he is. And so I don't see him being that kind of guy either. That would. But we see what happened when they got to beyond just you know what I mean. It, right. it showed up a little bit, right? Balls going behind people, but you like what's happening? You can't even so. I feel like that is um, that is part of the issue that there was just no chemistry with the two of them, and so yeah, we're seeing it differently with him and Matthew Stafford, um, and uh, they connected, and it looks beautiful, baby. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it's a lot of fun watching those two for sure. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah, I think I think he hit a spot on just kind of uh, the importance of chemistry between a quarterback and receiver, um, you know, I, you, we see it important at the, the high school level. At the college level. I mean, it's, it's something you have to invest in. Um, and if you're not willing to do that, um, you're, you're going to have problems. You, I mean, you're going to have on-field problems. Um, so it is what it is. Like I said, I mean, I'm happy for OBJ now that he's, um, you know, he's finding his role. He's seeing an increased yes. role in LA. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, like I said, I, I, I don't have anything against Baker. I think he'll have a successful career in the league. And I think it's one of those things where he's going to learn. He'll, he'll learn as he kind of matures um, and kind of transitions into that veteran status. Like, hey, this is important. Like, I, I get yes. it. Um, you know, and, and this is you're not you're not in college anymore. 
Um, you know, you don't have the same guys for three, four years. Right. I mean, it's a revolving door for receivers mm-hmm. at a lot of these places. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand the reluctancy to really invest a ton of time and effort into that. Um, but it, tra- it, it translates directly on the field. So it's really important. It's necessary. Absolutely. I agree. All right. So now we're on to my favorite segment of the show, which is real roll call. And the reason I like it is because it's quick, fast. Even though I don't time it like Jared does, <laughs> uh, quick, fast, just your quick response to what's what's brought up. So just first thing in your mind, just say it and we'll, we'll keep it moving. Okay. We only have two topics today, which is odd. We normally have like three, four. This is why we did this segment so that we would have time to talk about all these things, but that's okay. Um, so the Warriors owner states, nobody cares about, again, I'm horrible with saying names. It's Yugus, yeah, that. Mm-hmm in China um, on a podcast last week. Should he or should he have, should he have said that or shouldn't he have said that? Yeah, so I think I think first it's important to identify him as a minority owner for the Warriors. Like, I mean, I think yes. he owns like 2% or something. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> a very important fact, um, but yeah, I think his name's Chamath. I don't know how to say his, or Chamath. See, that's why I don't say that. It's, it, it's, it's Chamath. I don't know how to say his Chamath. last name. Okay. Um, but no, this was absolutely like an open mouth, insert foot. Like that was one of those moments. Um, but I mean, he's a CEO of Social Capital um, and their mission statements, you know, says something about advancing humanity and things like that. Um, like that is the direct mission statement from their website and solving the world's hardest problems, right? Well, we're talking about genocide across the globe. And I obviously genocide is probably one of the most heinous human, right? Yeah. right. And, the, and so yeah. obviously nothing that he said aligned with um, oh, that mission statement, but yeah. It, it was it, it would be one thing to hint to that but if you listen to the podcast if you watch the way he said it i mean he essentially says bottom line what's going on in china is below me it's not even on my radar nobody cares he's i mean that's, that's exactly what he said. nobody cares mm-hmm. which is just bizarre you know and, and i get it he was trying to hint to the fact that he uh, you know has invested more time in the issues that we deal with domestically and that's admirable and i think if he would have gone about saying it that way like oh you know yeah i mean if if he was just like you know i am worried about the inflation rates and other domestic problems and just left it at that fine but the way he went about it it, like i said and i'm sure looking back at it now he certainly regrets it absolutely (laughs) um so no he should he you know he's obviously entitled to that opinion but he shouldn't have um illustrated it in the way that he did yeah no i mean and and obviously we we live in a world where it's we're quite frankly we're very self-absorbed and 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 in the u.s especially we are we're very self-absorbed and so this is why people around the world look at us the way that they do they feel that way about us because of statements like this and so you hit it dead on the i think he was he was i don't think his intention I don't think the his opinion sounds harsher than I think his intention was in saying that he was just making the uh, I think an overly dramatic point about his passion for the things that are happening domestically and and like you said just say it different say that don't 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 bring them in it because it, and then I didn't even know that part so you went and did research 
I didn't even know that that's what his mission said. You just really, can we say your foot is all the way back down into yes. her body and about to come back out as a foot again for how far <laughs> she's been? Yes. Because that is horrible. Yes. <laughs> this is the, the tone in the, in the statement you, oh, horrible. Anyway, okay, next. Now we're wondering, so A.B., this is Antonio Brown for people who don't know AB. Um, <clears throat> this is going on and on, okay? Uh, but now, so Jared brought this to story to me um, as well because he's asking, he asked me the question. He said, is AB really in need of help or is he just at this point trolling? Like, is he just clout chasing? I mean, he doesn't need to, but is he taking on this, persona of bad boy kind of in order to be seen be more seen or to stay relevant I mean now that you're not playing football and you probably won't be on anybody's football team let's just be clear um is this your like claim to fame kind of thing and and so I put here I remember this was Dennis Rodman back in the day you're too young for this but Dennis Rodman back in the day um this was him. He, you, you watch this, this metamorphosis happen in him. Like he was always a kind of eccentric person, right. but when he, when he started coloring his hair and wearing all this, you know, wearing the piercings and which was back then people were like, what is happening? Cause this wasn't normal. Nowadays you see it all the time. People's freedom of expression and that's beautiful and I love it. But back then people were like, what is happening? He's got on a skirt or, you know, that kind of thing. And so I feel like I'm wondering if this is not the route that AB is going right now. And um, I'm, of course, have said from the beginning, even if even if this is his in his mind, his intention, I still feel like he needs help. Yeah, I, I, I think he recently said um, on, what is it, I Am Athlete, I think. Yes. He, he recently made an appearance there and was like, there's nothing wrong with my mental health. And to me, that's what something, somebody with mental health issues says about their own mental health. Hey, all uh, <laughs> issues, like, no. Right, right. Yes, um, no. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to, obviously, I don't want to insert myself into a yeah. live and, and assume um, what he might be going through, because obviously I think the the stigma surrounding mental health is still very real and yes. prevalent, um, you know, as, especially among men. Um, however, African-American men. Especially. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. And, um, you know, I think Antonio Brown has always been the guy who loves attention. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, um, you know, could this just be him staying in yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I will say if what he, if what his side of the story in Tampa Bay, if that is what happened, then he has every right to be frustrated. He has every right to protect his body. Um, and if he felt like he was not in a space where that was prioritized, mm-hmm. um, like I said, his frustrations are valid. Um, does that warrant the reaction that, you know, we saw That's from where the mental no. part comes in. Like you're not handling the situation yes. in a, like, I think that's what Brandon Marshall, cause I saw this, mm-hmm. this, this clip from I am athlete. I think that's what Brandon Marshall was 
trying to convey to him. Like, I think it was the way it was handled. Sure. Not, not that we're like dis, discounting your feelings or what you thought. It's just the way it got handled. And that seems very, like, very like mental health challenged to me in the way it was handled. You're a professional athlete. I don't care. I'll just go sit pout on the on the sideline. Never open your mouth again. Don't get up till it's time for the game to be over. But to do it in the antics, the way that you did it, that's the part that makes me wonder. Like I reached out to him. I, we had this, I had this conversation, Jared's last show, we talked about it because Jared was the one that encouraged me because I felt so heavy in my spirit, like with him and just, I was like, oh my God, this dude is spiraling out of control. And I said, and I reached out, I was like, hey, if there's anything I can do, I'm here to help. And I think he's offended by stuff like that because he feels like I don't need help, I'm good. But but like you just said, it's typically the people who need it <laughs> who are always harping on that they don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the drug addict who always like, I don't need help, I'm good, I can handle this. Or, you know, it's right. just so, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm tired of it. I know that. Yeah. I think it, like we ask, we have to ask ourselves, like, would, did we expect any other reaction from him? No. Like, I mean, we, like, did we expect Antonio Brown to sit on the bench quietly? No. Um, like I said, I think, I think he's always kind of looking for that attention. However, I will say if we, if we listen to guys like Tom Brady, guys like who know him better than he probably knows himself, mm-hmm. you know, Tom, I mean, without saying, he needs help. Tom, you can, you can, you can hear Tom Brady's concern for the guy, yeah. you know, and just saying, you know, we just need to love him through this type thing. And so that points to maybe some underlying issues that um, others are seeing in him. Yeah. So Absolutely. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I really don't know. Like I said, I, I hate want it to be over. I want him to go get whatever he needs. I want him to be happy. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. That's what I want. I need yeah. everybody to, I need him to, you know, to get some peace in his spirit and be and and be comfortable with him wherever he is, whatever he's got, wherever he is now. Like not where you want to be, where you hope to be, where you were. Like right here today, I want you to just be good. Yep. That's my whole goal. Be good. So, um, either way, I still extend myself to you, Antonio Brown. If you just happen to see this, that hey, I'm here because. I'm not, and I'm not a, I'm not a health, mental health professional. So <laughs> it's not about that. It's from a behavioral health side and, and whatever, you know, we can do to help you from that side, all here, all for you and genuinely and sincerely mean that. All right. So now we're on to the real. That's our next segments onto the real, where we highlight or spotlight someone who has um, played sports or been involved in sports and has gone on to something else. And so um, our spotlight this week is Jennifer Lynn Williams. She is, hold on, I'm pulling it up. She is, uh, we spotlighted her back in 2019 when she took over as the athletic director at Alabama State University. But now she is currently um, been named last year, actually, uh, around this time, she was named. Chief Development Officer of the USA Basketball Foundation. And I love it for a couple of reasons. Obviously, girl power. I'm all for the girl power. Um, Always for the girl power. (laughs) And so um, 
That's the first reason I love it. And then um, I love it because um, it is uh, really important, especially in basketball, um, as they always in the NBA and this whole NBA, WNBA debate about equity, um, not, not equality, but equity is always on the table. And so having a female um, in a position like this um, certainly helps in, in um, bringing that to fruition, I feel. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, uh, you know, like, like you said, I love seeing, uh, you know, women in sports um, succeed and, and seeing these, um, you know, she's, she obviously continues to kind of move up the ladder and extend her reach, um, which is something that I think should be the goal of anyone, um, not only in sports, but just in, in life. She's, she continues to try to find ways that she can have greater impacts on people. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it's one of those moves where um, obviously you, you commend her and, um, you know, it's, it's like, like I said, for me, as somebody really young in my, you know, career in sports, it's, it's, um, you know, it's motivating and it's um, to, to see, um, you know, another female kind of move up yeah. the, the chain a little bit. Good. Awesome. That, I mean, that's, that's the hope, right? Like, that's the whole reason we, we, we need to see it. It needs to be in our face. It needs to be brought to our attention. So good. I'm glad that that's how you feel about it. So yeah, so uh, congratulations. I know you've been probably in your position almost a year now, but congratulations. And I look forward to seeing you continue to strive and thrive, Ms. Williams. All right, feel good final thoughts. So this is our segment where we either, we call it eyeball sweat or we smile. So today is one of those, it was a both for me. Weird to say, but this I was happy, but it was happy tears that came with it, right? Because it was just so beautiful watching this young lady um, experience that moment with um, her idol. And so it was, um, I think her dad took her to this basketball game, just randomly, South Carolina, um, played Texas, I think, Texas A&M. And her, and her dad took her to the game and um, her favorite player is Aaliyah. I think her first name is Aaliyah Boston. And so she would, she's, listen, the girl is 6'5", okay? She's a 6'5 forward and she's a beast on the court right now. She's probably one of the top five uh, women's college basketball players. And so this was her um this is the person that she just you know admires the most dad brought her to the game and so she's standing in the where they go through the tunnel to go back out and go into the locker room and she's got her hand out you know people do this all the time she's got a little hand out like wanted people to slap her hand and you know most of them walk past her and then one freshman um one freshman player sees her She's so cute. One freshman player sees her and she walks over and she, she you know, gives her a high five or whatever to pats her hand. And um, she's, she's so excited just to that. She was like, she looks back at her dad. She's like, oh, I can't believe she touched me. She touched me, you know. And then Miss Boston is talking to somebody like right in her earshot, right? She's like, she can see her. She's like, oh, there she goes. Like you can hear her say, there she is. And 
she's in her earshot and I hear, you can hear dad on the camera saying, call her, call her name. And she calls out her name, Malia. And she looks up and she waves at her. The reaction from this baby was priceless. She was in tears just because she waved at her. I was like, this has to be the cutest thing I have ever seen, literally. It was so adorable. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I cried with her. <laughs> it was so cute. So you covering sports the way that you do have to see a lot of, you know, these, these kind of moments or what do you, what do you think about this? Yeah. I mean, not only do I get to see a lot of them now, but you know, it wasn't long ago when I was that age. Um, you know, I, I remember, um, you know, obviously I, whenever I finally was starting to get a real grip on sports and what it was and things like that, um, you know, it was right in the glory days of Florida football, you know, 2006, 2007, 2008. Yeah. So we had, you know, Tebow here, we were winning championships right. left and right. Um, and, and back then they might still do it, but they do like, they used to do fan days and stuff where they would have mm -hmm. the players and you'd get to go and, you know, they'd fill the O'Connell Center here and, you know, you'd get the posters and you'd get to go around to the tables. Like each position group had a table. You had your quarterbacks, you had your, you know, right oh, receivers, wow. you had your okay. running backs and all this kind How of stuff. Cool and you get that? to go and okay. sign them. And obviously uh, the table to get to, to Tim Tebow, what, like you weren't, you weren't, getting, you weren't getting there. You were not getting there. Yeah. And I remember I cried because I was like, dad, all I want to do is see, like, I just want to meet this man. I cried because there were like, it just, there was no way we were going to get there. Yeah. Um, and I think somebody, I think somebody saw me like crying about it and they're like, here, come on, come on. And so um, it was me and my brother, both my parents, um, got to kind of like skip up to the line. And, yeah. you know, I remember not crying obviously anymore. And I was like, dad, I'm going to ask him this and this and this You are a reporter already. And I get up there and I don't even think I knew how to talk. <laughs> like my, my brother had to ask for like an autograph. Like I just couldn't believe oh. it. And, and, um, so, I mean, like I said, I think we uh, all have moments like that. Um, mm -hmm. I did see that video and I had yeah. a very similar reaction. Cause like I said, like for me, it wasn't long ago that I was that young yeah. and felt yeah. like her. Um, and um, so Sue, yeah, it, it was super special for her. Um, I'm a big fan of Don Staley and what she does at, um, at South Carolina. And, and um, you know, they're coming to Gainesville next Sunday and I plan to kind of, um, I'll be, I'll be in attendance for that one. I'll be cheering for Florida, but it's hard to root against Don Staley. Yes. Um, so, and obviously, you know, Florida women's basketball, they've been on a roll. They just knocked off Kentucky last night. Um, yeah. But South Carolina is really, really good. Uh, <laughs> so that, oh, that is a very know. tall task. Um, but yeah. um, so, no, I, I'm excited. And, um, you know, you can't help but um, really just be tickled for, for those kids who get to meet their idols and oh things like God. that. They always say, you know, you don't want to meet your heroes. But sometimes there's heroes that are okay to meet. And for me, that was Tebow. He was as, as genuine as, you know, the media portrayed him. He is in person and he still is to this day. Oh um, I love Tim Tebow. Yes. And, and so, um, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely one of those made, made you smile. Yes, for sure. Awesome. All right. So we have a segment called Show Picks. So if you're watching something... You know, maybe somebody else might want to see that. What are you watching, Ashley? 
So I admittedly don't watch a ton of television. Well, you don't uh, have to understand. <laughs> however, I am a big podcast listener. Okay. Um, and even though, you know, typically this podcast is not one that I would tie myself to nor really advertise publicly. So it's this podcast called Call Her Daddy. It's very funny. It's a little bit raunchy. It's ran by like a girl, (laughs) like Barstool Sport. It used to be Barstool Sports podcast. And I mean, with Barstool Sports, they're kind of outlandish. They do say outlandish things. Well, um, so like I said, typically it's not the most appropriate podcast that I would tie myself to. Yeah. However, um, she, so Alex Cooper is the host. Um, okay. and she recently did a two-part series with Jamie Lynn Spears regarding the Britney Spears stuff and Jamie Lynn Spears' new book. It was an exclusive interview. Um, and it wasn't, I don't typically pay attention to Hollywood stuff. Um, yeah. not my thing. Yeah. Um, obviously I knew about the free Britney movement and kind of what was going on, but <laughs> wasn't um super invested in it um however um you know this is one of those things that I, I really like listening to this podcast on my run you know when I'm in the gym and things like that and um so this was super interesting super well done from a journalistic standpoint I thought you know the questions were great the interview was great um and so if that's something anybody is interested in I've I've suggested it to all my friends who do pay attention to entertainment because yeah. I think we're seeing there was a lot of um, controversy when Jamie Lynn Spears released this book yeah. um, because people felt like she was um, maybe clout chasing. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, and exploiting the trauma that obviously her mm-hmm. older sister had endured. Yeah. Um, and I, that's certainly fair. However, you know, hearing Jamie Lynn's side of it, um, you know, she was equally as kind of traumatized by the whole thing through childhood and things she like that. The same childhood. Like, what are yeah. you talking about? Yeah. And so it was, it was like I said, very well done. Um, okay and, and i'll so, check it out what is it yeah. called again so like i said the podcast is called call her daddy call her daddy that's what i thought you said okay yes. Yes. That's, that's the name is intriguing enough yeah like i said you probably don't want to listen beyond <laughs> beyond that it's very geared towards i guess like college um girls <laughs> okay <laughs> But like I said, those uh, those two those two episodes, like I said, it was two part series. So like the first yeah. part really got into the childhood aspect, and the second part being obviously um, what's kind of transpired in the last year or so. Um, like I said, really it was really really well done, and I will say that. And it's kind of dated, but the Boston Globe's podcast on Aaron Hernandez was mm-hmm. fantastic. Okay, I have to check that out. That 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 whole story. Anyway. Ooh, we could be that's a whole nother podcast right mm-hmm. there just that really is yeah it's a whole nother podcast okay well y'all heard it that's what she's that's what she's listening to at <laughs> least <laughs> and so for me my pick is um it's a new show on the cw and the cw has a um long history with marvel and dc comics and so i'm a huge marvel uh well both Marvel and DC comic fan. And so um, there's a new show called Naomi and it is um, about a, a teenage African-American young lady who has, who is coming into her own as she discovers that she is uh, uh, from another planet and has superpowers. So um, that is kind of my pick for this week. And then of course, always wanting to um, see um, we just talked about the importance of seeing seeing people who who look like you, right? So having 
these types of, we've, you know, we've had Black Panther, we've had Black Lightning. And so now seeing this young lady, it's really cool to have these um, African-American superheroes that are, that, that people that look like me can look at and say, oh, and then especially for the younger kids. So really excited to, to see, it was a little slow start, I'm not gonna lie, but I'm gonna support it and, and hopefully it will get better. So um, yeah. So we're at the end of another episode. I don't even think I said what number episode we're on at the beginning. So y'all look over me. I was too excited that Ainsley was on. We're at episode 145 today. And so we're at the end of episode 145. And so always, as always, we thank you all for supporting us, for sticking with us. Thank you for the numbers as they increase. Um, we look forward to um, hearing from you all. And so you want to email us you can email us at feel the number two the real podcast at gmail.com our twitter is feel the number two p1 our um ig is at feel the number two the real podcast and facebook and uh youtube just what you see behind me feel to the real podcast and uh please go to our youtube page like subscribe share like we, I think we're doing a good job, y'all. And I think we, we talk some good stuff and we need, you all need to know we're out here. <laughs> and so, um, so please, please, please um, reach out. Let us know who's really right. You can do that via IG or on our YouTube page. Um, thanks. Uh, shout out, special shout out to my aunt who, um, who did respond to one of our stories um, on our YouTube page this past week. Thank you for your opinion. And uh, shout out to my boy B, because he, he holds us down and he, uh, he came at me. He did. And, I, and, I, and that's okay, because I came back. He was like, yeah, because I said something about Aaron Rodgers um, and not being vaccinated and something. I don't even remember what it was. But anyway, and I said, and he said, but you, you know, you'd let Aaron Rodgers breathe on you. I said, absolutely. <laughs> so thank you for that, Brandon. Uh, but anyway, thank you all for rocking with us. We will see you all next week. Peace. Now put the cameras on me. 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 Put the cameras on me.